0: So, what's good, y'all? Welcome to the episode of Thoughts and Podcast. It's your host, Shot Solo. This week, I got a very special guest. Go ahead, announce yourself.
1: My name is Keturah Benson. I am a visual artist from Prince George's County, Maryland, originally, but I'm based in Philadelphia right now. Um, I'm multifaceted. I do a creative direction. My back my background's in textiles, and um, right now, I'm heavily focused on painting. So, I'm just an all-around creative person, and... Here to have a great conversation today.
0: Bet that. Uh, appreciate you for joining, man. Yeah. It's been a long time.
1: I know. It's been years. I, I feel like I don't really come back to Maryland anymore.
0: <laughs> yeah, understandable. I mean, as you grow and progress through life, like, you know, you don't really be too pressed to go back home. So I understand that.
1: I mean, for me, it wasn't even that. Like, I, I just, so I'm Liberian also. Um, both my parents um, are, were born and raised in Liberia, and I'm like first generation, and so I was born in the States, but when I went to college, after I graduated, my parents moved back to like, so wow. the home that I had in Maryland kind of was just like no more. Right. And I was living in a city, so I didn't really have a car and going back and forth from Philly to to Maryland when I was just trying to get my life established, just wasn't a priority.
0: Understandable. Yeah. No, nah, that's that's a lot.
1: But I miss my people though. Like, there's no place like the DMV at all.
0: No, nah, for sure, man. We're definitely like we're in a like a league of our own, so to speak. Absolutely. Definitely. <laughs> so, uh, definitely want to ask you like the pending thought of the week. Mm-hmm. So, what's a random act of kindness someone's done for you that you'll never forget?
1: well um it would have to be I would say I would say probably like two years ago Mm -hmm. I was living in South Philly and I went to this diner actually yeah it was like a small diner near where I live and I was waiting for my food with my home girl and as we were waiting um one of the cooks like walked up and placed he didn't say anything to us he just placed two cards in front of us and they both said um Black women, you know, we appreciate you. We need you. Like, you're important. I mean, it was just like a list of things that he was just saying about Black women. But he had took time to print these, like, business cards out. And Mm. it was like, it was just, it just threw me. Because it was just not something that happens, you know, every day. Especially, there was nothing said after. You know, he didn't want anything from us. He just wanted to let us know that we were appreciated. Wow. That was, it stuck with me. That's I think dope. I still have the card somewhere. I don't know. It's I have to check my wallet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Definitely not. That's dope. Cause I was gonna say something similar to that to a degree.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So for me, I ran an act of kindness that I'll never probably never forget. It was this one time I was working with this joint, right? And <laughs> uh, what happened? Oh, so she invited me over for dinner and all this stuff. So mm-hmm. while we're uh, she was cooking, like I think some baked ziti or something like that. Okay. Um, she was like, "Yo, your hair looks kind of like uh." kind of dandruffy. I'm like, yeah, you know, I ain't, like, grease my scalp or maybe I did grease my scalp but my hair sucks up a lot of moisture and stuff so mm-hmm. it gets real dandruffy. So she shampooed my hair for me. Wow. So for me, <laughs> like, it was just wild because I'm just like, I wasn't expecting all this. I was trying to get some food and do whatever but she was like, you know what, I'll go ahead and... Wash the hair for you and stuff, and then she also showed me some different shampoos I could use for my hair.
1: But you know what? What? Although, like that probably was the first for you. I hear stories like that all the time from like, mom, both my like homeboys and my home, like my friends, my girlfriends who right. said, like did they they either did that for someone or it's like my homeboys telling me like yeah this this one John she like did this <laughs> and it just it was crazy. Like just the other day I mm-hmm. was down Atlanta and. One of my sister's friends I met down there, and we're just all kicking it. We're cool. I had some face masks that I bought down there because I went to go kind of chill and relax. Mm -hmm. Same thing. I was like, You ever had a face mask before? And he was like, No. And I'm like, Man, let me treat you to a face mask. And it was just, he was just like, Wow, no one's ever done this before. And I'm like, Yeah, we should do this for people all the time. Yeah, exfoliate, man. Exfoliate. It's not gay.
0: (laughs) It's not at all. At all. Exactly. Especially with you, like your skin naturally glistens. So. Thank the, you. you're welcome. So the extra you put into it, it's just like, wow, damn, glowed up.
1: And his skin felt great, you know. <laughs> now he knows. <laughs> no,
0: but the... So, um, so uh, I guess switching gears a little bit, being that you're so well-versed with visual arts and fashion, how are you able to hone in, like, your craft? Because it's like, you're great at two different things, and it's just like, how are you able to, I guess, meet the two?
1: Well, um, I would say... When I was younger, like, I didn't even really, for me, art and fashion were all, like, one and the same thing. Like, I didn't really separate the two. Because when I was younger, I was always just into creative stuff. Like, I remember when I was in probably, like, the second grade, my mom, she, she, she saw, like, my liking for painting. So she would always buy me all these paint supplies and stuff. But then she started buying me, like, don't you know those, like, blank white tees? Mm-hmm. She, she started buying me the white tees, and she started buying me fabric paint. She was like, you know, paint a shirt. Paint, some, paint one of these, like, cartoons that you be making on a shirt or something. And I started doing that, and, like, that's when I started to think about art on clothing. Hmm. And I was just like, yo, like, this is, like, a dream come true. I can put my art on things that I like to wear, because I, I love them both equally. um. And so it wasn't until I probably got to college where I really got to, like, actualize that through my major, which it's called, it's, so it's technically called um fibers and material studies, mm-hmm. um, but it includes, like, textiles and stuff, and in and in without boring everyone, basically, in a, in a nutshell, it's basically, like, I, I focused on wearable art. So, like, I would I would make sculptures for the body or, like, avant-garde pieces, costumes, pretty much. And, like, I don't know. I just I tap into my favorite designers. Um, I look at – I don't really look at ready-to-wear fashion, like, what's trending, per se. Right. I'm more so looking at art pieces and, like, oh, yo, how can I do that but, like, on a dress? Or, like, how can I do that but, like, you know, make a costume for somebody? Like, I don't know. So that's why I, I kind of just tap into just, like, you know, the artist didn't influence me and stuff. That's pretty much how I do it.
0: Nah, that's dope. Because I guess, like, I remember, like, when we were younger, I used to always talk to you about, like, different like art and stuff, and, like how you got into it. But then it's also interesting to see how you stuck with it, you mm-hmm. know? Because, like, for me myself, like, I always wanted to be, like, in, in the realm of business. But I never really thought about how I could stick to it outside of being an entrepreneur and, and working for somebody. But it's, like, along that path of time in life, things happen that makes you, like, Okay, I still want to do this, but I gotta shift gears. With you, it just seemed like from the outside looking in, just stay consistent with what you wanted to do, like no matter what. Yeah. Like even when I remember you said, like when we were young, you saw, talk talk about like y'all moving to Philly. I'm like, why you want to move to Philly so bad? What's so good about Philly? And then <laughs> you made it happen. Even after you got through with school, he's like, yo, I'm stuck in Philly. Like I'm good where I'm at.
1: Yeah, I had no idea. I had never actually been to Philly before. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: I, like the first time I ever um came to Philly. Like person, actually, I have a grandfather who lives in Sharon Hill, but that's outside of the city. Right. It was not the same as Philadelphia, Um, but um, I never had been to the city before. The first time I ever went was for my portfolio reviews. Wow. And then that was the day I was like, "Oh yeah, this is it." Wow. So I I don't know. I just knew I wanted to get out of Maryland.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Nah, understandable. So sticking to the art, um, how do you still find inspiration during like such a tumultuous time that we're in? Because it's like. We're mostly well. You're used to being indoors, as you said earlier. But like, how do you still find other ways to keep yourself creative at the same time?
1: Um, you want to know what's crazy? Like, mm-hmm. when when coronavirus first happened, I actually so so back in March, I was uh scheduled. I had all these like gigs lined up because I actually do. I work in production, live event production as well. And That's
0: I, right, I, yeah, I,
1: yeah, yeah. I just it's something I picked up after school, just because you know, like I said, I'm into creative stuff. So like. For me, it was, like, concerts, cool. Like, how can I, like, get into that? So I started doing li- learning lighting design. And I had, like, um, a gig booked for South by Southwest. And I had, like, this trip planned for L.A. I had all these different things lined up. Just, it was, like, moves. And it just, like, everything got canceled all at once. in like, the f- second week of March for me. Damn. Like, all my jobs, all the money was just, like, done. File for unemployment today. So... And then you got the news saying we're all going to get this coronavirus, <laughs> like <laughs> all this stuff. And I'm just like, ev- I see everybody panicking. You got my mom calling me from overseas. And so instead of going into like a panic mode, I just went into more of a hermit mode. So for literally like the first two weeks of being in quarantine for me, I just slept every day. Like dead ass. Like I didn't do anything else. Like I woke up, shower, brush my teeth. Like, you know, I don't really need to get dressed because I'm in the house. And I might watch the show or two, go to sleep, wake up. And I did that for two weeks. And I don't know. Some people might call it like a mini depression or something like that. But I didn't mm-hmm. feel bad. I mm-hmm. just felt like I was resting. And something happened after that, like, second week. I just woke up. And I was like, yo, I'm going to paint today. Cause- Oh, he Hello?
0: Yeah, you still here. He you bit. Yeah,
1: someone started someone called me. Hold on. Let me put my phone on airplane. Should I do that or no?
0: Uh as long as it's still you should it's just be fine. I'm about to put my joint on do not disturb now if you say that.
1: Yeah, actually, yeah, I need to. Let me do it on do not disturb. Hold on. Okay, it's good. I'm back. Sorry. All right. You get uh, it. But no, um, so after that second week, I just tapped in to just like, you know, my my painting again. Because I, I started painting again last year. I was too busy for it because of work. Like, but I have a whole home studio, like in my apartment, I have a studio in the back and like, I do photography here and I have like tons of paint, tons of canvas, tons, all types of materials, fabrics. And I never really got time to spend there because I was always hustling, you know? Right. After two weeks of just like shutting down, I was like, okay, you go back to your roots, right? Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I didn't think that when I first started painting uh, these pieces that they were turned into a series. I just started painting and was, I was having fun i don't know <laughs>
0: uh, i see so it just kind of came natural to. yeah you. i
1: let go i mean that's that's the main thing i wanted i would say like when you let go because mm-hmm. like there's nothing we can do about this thing right now besides try to you know be safe aside from that like you have to kind of let go th- of, of control over things that are above you and for me letting go was just going back into my creative state just painting you know that's my favorite release
0: Nah, I get that. That kind of yeah. how it worked out for me as well. Because the first, I'll think to myself like, "Yo, like I'm already not really out and about like I want to be, right?" So now it's just like, let me find other stuff to do. Like, maybe I could work out. Right. I can start studying some IT shit or think of other yo. creative ways to podcast. So
1: for sure. Like I definitely took a class or two. Mm-hmm. Um, I took advantage of like just people were doing a big COVID discounts. You know, so Hell subscribe yeah. to this, and you know, you get a you know three months off COVID discount. And so I, I took some classes online, um, some branding classes. I did stuff. But then I just was like, all right, now I just want to paint. <laughs> <laughs> I'm done with school. I want to I paint now.
0: <laughs> nah, I get that. I can't blame you. Yeah. Because it's like, I guess, for people that's creative period, you always got to find way to keep your mind occupied and challenged
1: for sure i feel bad when i'm not moving i know that's probably like deeper than like it's you know more it's layered but yeah i i don't like being i don't like being um just i can sit still mm-hmm. but i need to i need to be i don't know i'm a creator i have to be making something that's just nah. how i am
0: no nah, i get it because that's I, I, the same way i am too young if it's, it's like if i'm not doing something like i can't maybe i could sleep in for like a day or two max and even then it's even like i'll even say for a regular day for me I really can't sleep past seven o'clock, whether it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday. Like, I just can't. So it's like, once I get up, it's like, all right, I got to find something to keep myself occupied. And even when I'm playing video games or watching a TV show, I can't binge a TV show the whole entire day. Like, it's not in me no more.
1: (laughs) You know? So
0: I understand what you're saying with that. It's layered, but I mean, it is what it is. We're all in the same point right now.
1: Yeah. I mean, I'm glad it happened. I mean, not not the virus per se, but Mm -hmm. I'm glad that we all, got this time to just kind of tap back into whatever our reality is you know I feel like when when you're busy you just can avoid things you can avoid yourself so for me tapping back into myself was you know like I said getting back to my roots my creative roots
0: nah same with me so this is a perfect segue so being that you're based in Philadelphia how would you say you stay rooted with your rich Liberian culture and influence with Prince George's County
1: no, wanna know something crazy? Sure. Philly is Liberian. Like Really? Like, you know how Maryland? I would say, I would say, all right, I might get beat up for this, but that's I would fine. say Nigerians for real for real are deep in Mar in the DMV.
0: Oh, I learned like, that. More than we'll any, TV.
1: I would say of course there's Ghanaians and you got the other, you know what I mean? But like Yeah, Nigerians, Ethiopians. Yeah, it's it's I mean, yeah, some Ethiopians, but like I'm telling you, Niger is that's heavy DMV. That's a fact. But Philly? Mm-hmm. philly is liberia like i'm telling you i live in um currently i stay in like uh this like the west like southwest part of philly i got family and, out there yeah i mean this yeah. is a crazy area but uh <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you very, very crazy me. area but um but i this is the first part of philly that i lived in um where pretty much i would go outside and hear people that sounded like my grandma and i'm like yo Wow. What's going on? Like, I mean, on an occasion, like I go to the grocery store and I hear Liberian accents. I go to the gas station. I hear Liberian accents. And it's just so mind boggling because I've been in the city for over 10 years now with not really any family here. So hearing people that sound like my family, it just like got me. So I just, I just was like, yeah, I'll chill here for a bit. <laughs> wow, nah, that's dope. <laughs> it's, it's so, I would say that's how, I mean, I like, I do, I have, a, you know, you have extended family that you don't really know. But, like, I feel like once you're a Liberian person, we're somehow connected. I don't know. So, that kind of makes me feel at home, just going, getting the food that's around here. There's a lot of Liberian restaurants. I might cook Liberian food sometimes. So, I tap in that way. But as far as PG, it's tough. Because I've been in Philly for, like, 10 years now, like I said. Damn. So, it's, yeah, people joke, like, a lot of my friends from PG, they'll be like, you not from PG no more. You from Philly. You a Philly John." (laughs) Da-da-da-da-da. And I'm like, it was always my biggest fear for someone to say that to me. <laughs> like, I, first moved here, I was like, I never want to be a Philly girl in my life. And I'm not. Um, and I make sure I let people know every chance I get that I'm not from Baltimore. I'm from PG County. And they go, what is PG County? And I say, it's Pretty Girl County. But some people call it Prince George's County. <laughs> and so it's, just, it's always been like a little inside thing where anybody who meets me, they know, oh, that's the girl who came from PG County. Even though I've been here so long, yeah. They they know I'm not from here because I'm I just don't I refuse to like blend in.
0: <laughs> no, I get that. I refuse. I get it. That's how I was when I was in Baltimore going to college. So Oof. Yeah, oh, man. I
1: get Oof, them beat more. <laughs> them Qs and them Do's. Oh my God. <laughs> when I first got to Philly, you know, Philly's um, to me it's like a it's like a extended Baltimore. It's like Baltimore's it cousin. And sure. they have their own accents too, and it's crazy. So I wasn't used to it when I first got here. Like, I once, this is a true story. It's kind of embarrassing, but. It's all good. I went to an American Apparel up here when they used to have one. And I remember walking in and I wasn't used to, I wasn't used to just, I don't know, different, a lot of stuff that I saw. (laughs) But, But basically it was these, like, these girls were in there and they were like, you know, they was from, they wasn't from downtown. They were from other places and they were just stealing and doing big wild stuff. And I had to leave. Because I couldn't take their accent. Oh wow! This was like the first year I got here. This was like 2010, though. Like I right. couldn't. Go, I left because their accent was blowing me that bad. I was like, I don't even. <laughs> I just can't be around this. And that's when I was like, Am I bougie from PG County? Like, is this was this was happening right now? But <laughs> it was the accent. It was just that crazy to me. But I got, of course, used to it. <laughs> yeah, it's like a
0: culture shock for you.
1: It was a super culture shock. Like. A lot of things were a culture shock. Even the racism thing was a culture shock for me when I moved here. Because really? remember, PG, where, like, black people are, like, superior. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> like, black people run everything. And so, even when gentrification first started in that area, like, it was crazy to see because I, I always just saw black people, so.
0: Yeah, no, I can understand that because I had
1: some culture shock when I first got to Baltimore, too. Because, yeah. Because,
0: like, I felt like I was, like, back in, like... Middle school, so like 02 to like 04 ish, it was just like, wow, really, Batman still wear do rags out, oh. caps, jerseys, and all of that. And it's like, okay, I guess. Because, matter of fact, they started like, I guess, cause I got the Baltimore from like fall '09 to like 2013. So, that's like around like 2011 ish or 2010 ish, they were talking about like true religion jeans. I'm like, dude, I had those when I was in high school. We don't wear that shit no more, man. Like, <laughs> it was just kind of interesting to see how I guess the styles kind of. Move slower out there, I guess I'll say.
1: Yeah, I mean, but look at them now. They're right back. So people yeah. <laughs> like, that's how fashion works. That's why you just got to do you.
0: Yeah, nah, you're right about that. Yeah, I'll... you
1: really, you can't, like, be paying attention to what anybody else is doing. That's how you know. That's the difference between people who have style mm-hmm. and people who are, you know, followers of trends. Like,
0: that's people who have
1: style. Is, I have stuff that I've had from ninth grade that still fit that, like, I still wear because it still fits my style.
0: I get that. That's what I guess that, that's what makes you an outlier or makes us an outlier because I, as well, once I got towards the end of college, I was like, you know what? I'm just gonna wear what the hell I like at this point. I don't really care anymore. It's not a fashion show, Mm-mm. you know? So, nah, I get that. <laughs> so, um, damn, I had another question that was kind of like, piggyback off of that, but fuck it. We'll jump off key for a second. So, if it's one thing that you would like to see change after this year, what would it be? And how do do you think it can be accomplished?
1: Um, hmm. One thing that I would like to see change or that has already changed?
0: Well, either. I mean, you can answer both of you alike, but...
1: Yeah, I mean... Yeah. I guess after this year... Okay, it might might be more than one. It might be a a conglomerate. That's fine. (laughs) We got conglomerate time. Okay, cool. So (laughs) I would say uh, it's a combination of things. One being... Hopefully, we take celebrities off of pedestals.
0: Oh, God. Yeah, goodness. that would
1: be really dope. Like, you know, cancel culture has gotten the best of everybody. And um, in some instances, it's, it's I get it's important to not support people who support bad things. Mm-hmm. But in other instances, this is like a trend. You can tell. Like, <laughs> oh, they said something. I didn't like. You're canceled. So hopefully, that dies. And a way that we could do that would be... I don't know, man. Get offline. I don't know. It's weird for me. Like, I know we have to be on it for like our businesses and stuff, but Mm. for people who are just doing nothing, it's like, why do you want this to be your life? Maybe tap into something else. And that could be a way you're not as worried about what somebody else is doing, you know? But that's one thing. And then I don't know. What else? I kind of, okay. So the whole social distance thing, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I'm, I like to be close to people who I know. <laughs> I see. And the people who I don't know, I, would, I wouldn't I would mind the distance. You know what I mean? So yeah. I feel like if we can continue the social distancing in a way that obviously, you know, makes sense for everyone, but like be, do active things, like you know how like people are working from home, like that would be dope to continue yeah. for everybody. Or just like making, th- if, you, if it's not mandatory to leave the house, why do we have to do it? Like, Stuff like that, like in regards to work, I would I would love to see that continue, but I don't know. I feel like that's it. I have to think of right now. I don't know nothing. Nothing real life, like whatever. Yeah, besides the cancel culture thing, I would love to see that end for sure.
0: Nah, me too. I'm trying to think something I would like to see change within the next year. So, because I want to piggyback off what you said with like the whole uh, idolizing celebrity life. Yeah, it's so
1: weird. It's like yeah,
0: it's exhausting to see because it's like though like when is it enough, you know, right. like, granted, just because they're on TV screens or whatever, or they make X amount of dollars or present that lifestyle, you're really falling in love with, like, a caricature of somebody. Yeah. That's not really who they are, and I don't, I, I never understood that shit, even as kids growing up, it's just like, dog, it's not that big of a deal, man, like, right. I I guess some people have to find something, ha, everybody has a different belief system, whether it be a religion or whatever, so I guess that Give some people something to look forward to or something to work towards, you know? Right. Because if you can't find it within yourself, I guess you got to find it to something else. So, I mean, bless those that do that. But for me, I, I, I can't live like that and I don't really care to see it that often, you know? Because then some people are always like, what's that term called? Apologists to certain yeah. celebrities and shit. And it's like, dog, like, this person doesn't know you from a bucket of paint. I'm pretty sure if they saw you on the street, they wouldn't care about how much a fan you were of them or whatever the case may be. Like, leave it alone, man. So I it's definitely more like delusional, that. and we know
1: that based on the things we see on Twitter. <laughs> that,
0: <laughs> like, man, dog, it's, like, I love the ultimate universe they got. Cause boy,
1: yo, and you, and it's crazy because you be retweeting the funniest <laughs> stuff, and I just be like, oh my god, like Rashad, like oh my gosh, <laughs> like cause you just and it'd be crazy stuff that I'd be like, people on my timeline have to see this because like they don't, they're not, they're from Philly, they don't know you, so yeah. I'm like liking things like please see this, like people are crazy. Twitter is a whole world, and people just live virtually.
0: They do. That's what makes it so funny, though. It's like a parody. A bunch of Sims, literally. <laughs> You're right. A bunch of simulations, basically thrown together with some wild ideologies, man. Like, oh. it's a, definitely a case study for Twitter. Like, by far, it's the wildest uh, social networking app ever, in my opinion. Like, it surpassed MySpace. Oh, of course, yeah. way past Facebook. Well,
1: do people remember? Black... I get sad. Black was- Planet. Oh, Black Planet. Oh, I remember. Oh, was that a Maryland thing or like? Ah, I went somewhere else and was like, Yeah, Black Planet. They were like, I don't know what you're talking about. And I was like, What?
0: I think it depends on where you're at. I heard a lot of New Yorkers was on it back in the day, but Yeah. I
1: I met people from New York, from like Brooklyn on Black Planet. And like, but it's some people who don't know about Black Planet and it's like shocking for me.
0: Nah, it is for me too. I remember I had mine, I made mine in the eighth grade, matter of fact. it's like that's why my J Club came name first came from, off of that joint. So yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) Oh. Yeah, <laughs> Black Planet. I feel like I've lived like eight lives. Like I swear, like that was so long ago. But I was living. It was just so real to me. All the all the things that were happening on Black Planet, the drama, yep. the five top ten. Like the, when you could add more than one picture or four pictures. Oh Man, my
0: god, that the guest book.
1: That the make finding the exclusive like uh, the codes to like change your background, have videos on your background. When people, yep. listen, we was out there doing some little coding.
0: That little no bullshit.
1: I was there coding, doing some some baby minor coding.
0: Nah, those were the days, man. Then when you get like a little music generator joint, you get a new go go song. Listen, niggas be sized.
1: I used to love it. Like I really feel like I just in that because that was when I feel like when the internet come out. I feel like what like fourth grade, third grade, probably fifth, you're about level. fourth or
0: fifth. Because I think shoot, I was like what oh one maybe two thousand two thousand two.
1: Like, dial-up.
0: Oh, so. yeah. Young. Oh, my God. Dial-up, DSL. Yeah. That shit was a headache in a head, especially when your parents want to be on the phone.
1: That's what I'm saying. The internet became a whole new culture, but for me, I feel like for our generation, mm-hmm. it has always been a more of a tool than it has been something that we absolutely need. Versus the generation that's after us, they were born with iPads and stuff yeah. in their hands. Like, I teach... So, sometimes I teach at a high school in North Philly, and... I teach at high school and at middle school. And the kids who are in middle school and high school, both of them, they, they don't live in life without social media. Wow. Because they were born in, like, 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 I don't even know. I can't. Don't get me lying about what year. I think the youngest was, like, oh, they were born in 2006.
0: Okay. That's about right. My oldest nephew was born in 07, and that's all he knows.
1: See? That's what I'm saying. So, yeah. it's like, for our generation, we, got, we were playing outside, and then they were like, hey, here's the internet. And we were like, oh. What's the internet? Let's see what the internet is. Then, like, that's when it just became, like, I think social media was born, but we still were able to detach from it. Yeah, we were. You know. But
0: I think mostly because, I guess it depends on people's household, but for my parents, I mean, maybe you were still, like, back in the summertime, you'd be out of school, but you were too young to get a job, quote-unquote. So, if mm-hmm. you'd be in the house all day long, let's say you didn't do so your parents were like, why are you in the house? I left this morning, he was in the house, he's still in the house, go outside. Like... That's yeah. how it was in my, in my career. Of course, like, once the nightfall or whatever, you get back in the house, play video games or whatever, go on a computer. But, dog, like like you said, it's a tool for me. I don't need the internet for real. I mean, of course, to check emails and shit. But after that, like, I I detach. No,
1: I, do, I love it. And for me, I've noticed a trick for me. Mm-hmm. This is how I trick my brain into getting off the phone. I have to leave my house, like, and <laughs> be doing something somewhere else. And it's even better if I'm in, like, a different state. Like, when I went out of town... um. For the last few weeks, I was just like I barely was good at texting people, but I'm still I'm terrible at texting back already. Oh, I know. But oh, stop! <laughs> <laughs> Not I know. Listen. What? You know what it is? I just learned to detach from my phone.
0: That's good though.
1: Like I know it's a good thing, but then it gets bad when I like have to talk about stuff. I'll I'll respond to people in my head, and literally be like, yeah, I'm I had the whole conversation, and then I look at my phone like, oh wow, I never sent the text. <laughs> though so, but that's just me actively trying to purge myself from the like the social media stuff. So,
0: not. Yeah, it's necessary though.
1: Yeah. I guess everything in moderation, right?
0: Yep, exactly. Cuz that's <laughs> how it was with me like when I was in college, man, my Twitter was even wilder. Now it's not as wild cuz not as many people that I knew from back then get on and I guess as you grow older, some things just doesn't appease you as much as it used to anymore either, so uh-huh. it's like i'm on i'm because even now i learned that you can automate tweets when you uh use it on your computer or whatever the case may be so now like you might say tweet for me at 3 a.m i didn't tweet that i'm asleep but it's out there
1: you like wait you like
0: scheduling it oh yeah you can schedule tweets now on the twitter app oh
1: like see i guess that's great for business right? it is, it's
0: beautiful for business
1: yeah i mean i mostly be on twitter trolling so
0: same here <laughs>
1: like twitter because it's free comedy like yo, like, have you ever just, like, been on Twitter and just, like, cried laughing because something was just so ridiculous? Like Hell yeah. And i just be like, I'm looking around, like, how is this possible? Like, how, is, how are people this funny? And the app is free.
0: That's the best like, part.
1: The <laughs> is free. So it's hard for me sometimes. I mean, I take Twitter seriously sometimes, but for the most part, like, during all the protesting stuff and, like, just now, currently, we have to use our platforms to spread awareness and stuff. But, yeah. <laughs> the most part i really be on air trolling
0: same here i I try to balance it out like (laughs) yeah i'll add some protests and then it might be something that like outlandishly hilarious i just can't help but laugh at you know because you can't take life too serious man i mean granted things are messed up it's never really going to be quote-unquote perfect but right i mean you gotta take a roll with the punches young for
1: real like that's really all you could do like you can't you can't force anything (laughs) exactly and yeah. oh,
0: so this is probably a good segue, even though I very suddenly talk about Celeste or try not to. Mm-hmm. So do you think that rap fans were too hypercritical of Saw and Meg the Stallion being college educated?
1: Um, for real, for real. I feel like um everybody was cool with Meg being in school. Like that was something that I yeah. would say, Meg, that's so dope that she's in school and she's rapping and like, you know, that's really tough. Big up to her. Like she was doing concerts. While you know finishing like t- doing online tests or whatever she was had going on, but she was working on her degree
0: yep
1: uh, while she was out here trying to get you know her career popping for Saweetie, I feel like she i didn't i mean i never really um I don't really follow her her like career too 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 much I really like her yeah um, but I, I don't I don't really feel like I heard anybody saying anything about her being in school per se I did recently hear somebody say. That they thought that she was acting too, I don't know. I don't even think the word was ghetto. It was just something. She was trying to act fake hood is what they said. Yeah, basically got like,
0: poser, I guess.
1: Right, but it was just weird for me because it's like, first of all, again, back to what you said, we don't know these people. Yep. Like, you do not know this girl. Just because somebody went to college. Just, I went to college.
0: I'm saying. You don't want
1: to know how I was when I was younger. So it was just kind of <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like yeah. Don't let some, that's silly. That's just foolish talk.
0: I think it's Goofy, too. Because I think Saul so. Weedy went to USC or something like that. I'm just like, yeah. dog, what's the problem? Because people make it seem like, just because you're from a quote-unquote hood or wherever, it's like, okay, you can't improve yourself. Because trust me, I went to school with a lot of people from the hood. They're great. Oh, like, did, you go, did you go to Walker Mill, too? Or I'm nah, tripping? nah, I ain't go to Walker Mill. Oh. But now, oh. I, I, I got some fans from uh, around that side, though. So I know how y'all, y'all used to get active. School, what middle school did you go to? I went to Middle Summers down La Plata.
1: Okay, 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 okay. Yeah, but not hip to that whole
0: area, though. But granted, like, yeah, people, they can't help their background. They can't help, and you can't, they can't Is help
1: that the ones that... It doesn't matter
0: at day. It really don't to me either. You know? I don't, I never thought that it was that big of a deal, because like I said earlier, people are just caricatures when it comes to entertainment, man. Like...
1: And you gotta also realize, too, that I feel like a lot of these people who are online, again, they believe that they are, like, either sims or they're playing sims. True. So they want they're, they want these um, celebrities to pretty much, I guess, be, like, fit into their whatever idea of, you know, who they think they are. Yeah. Fine. It's weird, it's like, you really are obsessed with these people and you don't know them, and you have so much commentary. Like, I can understand if we joke about, like, a trending topic, like, and it's just hilarious. Yeah. But getting upset over something that has nothing to do with you is just weird behavior.
0: To me too, because it's like why are you so heavily invested into this shit.
1: Yeah, like you really don't know them. It's like it's just weird. I don't know. There's nothing really to say besides that. Like, yeah. No, I get it. I think <laughs> the thing
0: that kind of blows me with hip hop fans and rap fans in general is just that they come up with all these weird ass preconceived notions about people, but then like I'll give you an example. J. Cole. J. Cole, if he really wanted to, he could be super lyrical. He can make club hits and stuff like that. But he's more so on the thought provoking raps, I'll say. I won't even say like uh I can't think of other bullshit turned y'all throw around for J. Cole, but like, um, yeah, backpack rap or whatever. If you want to talk about the other shit like Drake and them do, he could definitely do it. And Kendrick could too, but they don't, that's not their formula. But so yeah. then people try to say that they're born, but then at the same time, I guess if a person is from, I guess a certain background or they're educated, quote unquote, then people don't want to hear the shit because they say, that shit will bump in the club. Okay. So you're only in the club for like, I say, give or take three to four hours out of the, the week, maybe unless you're just out here living a different life. So it's just like, which one is it? Do y'all want niggas that want to be lyrical and stuff to make you think, or do y'all want to be entertained? Like, it's so it's so mind boggling to me. I think rap culture. You can and... have
1: both. I feel like you can have both. Yeah,
0: I have both for sure. I listen to Twenty One Savage and I will listen to J Cole, like
1: mm-hmm. or
0: Young Dolph. If I had to go that far,
1: like of Young Dolph, i I always go that far. <laughs> <laughs> I, Young Dolph throws on throws a great live show. He's amazing. Really? Yes. What? I, I haven't. What? Well, been... Yeah. I saw him live a few months ago. He was one of the last concerts I actually saw before, uh, before
0: Corona. Oh, wow. Now, nah, I got to check my man's out whenever the streets get back to new normal.
1: Yeah, yeah, we'll see. But, no, nah, I, feel, I feel that, I mean, with the, with the um, people being able to do more than one thing at a time, um, I think people just, again, they like to put people in their own box. Yeah. Especially artists, like, you know, um, I don't know. Like, they, they, you always hear people say, oh, I, used to, I like their old stuff, but their new not their new stuff so much. It's like, that's that's them wanting artists to just be the person they fell in love with or the person they connected with, you know, at that time. And that's not how it works. You know, you got to let people evolve and do what they need to do. I
0: agree wholeheartedly. I think some people are just so, um, I don't know, I guess some people are just against growth, whether it be with themselves or with other people, you I mean, know.
1: A lot of people don't like change or they, they can't handle it. So it's like when you are a big staple in someone's life, and, you know, a lot of these artists are because they're, you know, they're putting out content to to make an impression on the world and they do they impress you know the psyches of people and so like I feel like once you do that once you have like a spiritual connection with someone's art whether it be their music or visual or dance whatever it is whatever medium it is mm-hmm. I feel like they kind of have it's almost like a, a bond you know like, yeah they, they kind of hold that hold on to that like Everybody remembers the first place, like, everybody remembers where they were the first time they heard their favorite song. Right. So, it's like, when, if that artist provided, you know, them with that that feeling, does it continue to, like, do that over and over? I guess they won't really see use for them anymore. I mean, at least the more closed-minded people.
0: Yep, you're right. You know, so. Yeah, yeah anti-growth folk.
1: Anti-growth folk is that- <laughs> Get well soon, y'all. Please do <laughs> get well soon.
0: Oh, here's a question I meant to ask earlier, but I think this be a, another good segue too. Um, mm-hmm. Why do you think people are so enamored with high end fashion brands?
1: Um, I guess it's like the the whole keeping up with the Joneses thing. Like, mm-hmm. just the putting putting out this um this image. It's always been crazy to me okay. because I've lived in so many different like. My family, they weren't rich at all by any means, but we weren't poor either. Like, my mom, we were always middle class, I feel like. Um, And I wouldn't even say we were on the upper side of it. We were just middle class. We always got by pretty well, and we had what we needed. But I remember always just, like, thinking practically about money. And, like, I was very much into fashion, but I shopped at the thrift store you know what I'm saying and it wasn't because we was necessarily poor or anything like that it was just because I was just more interested in like I said creating a style but people who hide behind I would say high you know high end labels all the time it could be a combination of things it could be people don't have no real style so they just throw on some labels or it really is this thing where they trying to put up this persona of I got money Hmm. like you know you always know like a lot of people who were like it's nothing wrong with living in the hood you know what I'm saying everybody's situation is different but Come on, it's priorities. It's like you living in the hood, and you got all this name brand stuff, and you have no house. You paying rent. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah. Wrong. I'm not, and it's not me pocket watching or anything weird like that. It's more so just like, I think that's the obsession. It's the obsession of making it look like you know, fake it till you make it. Yeah. You know? And there's, and I believe like, like I said, everything within moderation makes sense. If you're manifesting something, faking it till you make it is cool. So, but I feel like a lot of people aren't they're not doing that. They're buying these labels to just kind of be like, yeah, like I'm better than you in some way. It's just another form of elitism, in my opinion. Nah, that's real because you know what? I got some,
0: well, I'm sure we all know people that's doing that because I definitely got some relatives like that and it's just like, bruh, like you got all
1: this shit, but you still catching the bus. You like, catching the bus? And it's like, again, I'm not trying to judge you. It's just I don't really take you seriously. You're not impressing me with your money or your or your or uh, your labels or anything like that. Like, Especially when, it, you know, half the time they don't even be putting it together, right? You be that
0: like, too. That's what kind of also goes <laughs> me off. Like,
1: <laughs> looking kind of like, all right, now, you just thought, because you had the Gucci slides that you used to wear that with the Gucci this and then that. All right, now. <laughs> exactly.
0: Or don't let it be something like, they might have like, I guess something might be real Gucci, then something might be a little foo-foo. So little then it's foo-foo. like, now you think the whole the whole fit might be fake. At least that's how I would think. It's like, if you got the fake belt, the shirt probably fake too, but
1: but it to to you, it, I guess. That, you know how you know how press you gotta be to go out your way to wear fake clothes it's one thing if you don't know it's fake yeah but for you to be like i'm gonna get this at a discount knowing damn well <laughs> this g is crooked like it's not even a straight g like the logo is offset something not right and i'm still gonna get it anyway because i gotta keep up this persona yeah this the same reason like niggas wear fake diamonds it's like wow Yep.
0: So, <laughs> Don't be cloudy as shit.
1: Your neck is green at this point and you're <laughs> continuing to wear this necklace, like...
0: hey man, I guess like you said, I guess it comes down to elitism, I guess, to try to separate themselves from the pack. Yeah. To a degree, but I mean, I feel like there's other ways you could do that, but...
1: Yeah, like, it's nothing wrong with flexing. Don't get me wrong. Like, every right now you, know, you treat yourself, but like just do you, I guess. Like, if if, if you feel like it's overextending yourself, overextending your bank account, to go buy labels who don't even like black people is what you want to do, baby. <laughs> Live your best life. Like, I don't
0: know. Who am I? Yeah. Nah, <laughs> you, you're right, though. Cause that's how I feel with it, too. Especially the reason why I, I brought the question up, also, was you being deep in the fashion. But, like, I'm thinking to myself, now that everything's pretty much shut down, where the hell are you going to wear all this stuff at? Like, because I know uh, most people buy the just to sell to other people. So it's like, what's the point of burning that X amount of dollars on this, this high end shit where it's like, ain't nobody going to see it but you? And they, people
1: the They probably, if they like me, they flexing at the grocery store because that's where I be wearing all my outfits, man. <laughs> nah, me too now. <laughs> yeah, my sister, my sister got mad at me like a few months ago. Like, she was, I was like, all right, let's go to the grocery store. We gotta go grocery shopping. She was like, all right, I'm about to put my shoes on. I said, me too. Man, I put on some thigh high boots. <laughs> like, she got down, she got to the top of the stairs. She was like, where are you going? I was like, to the grocery store. She's like, why are you wearing those heels? I was like, I don't know. I just wanna feel. I want to feel cute today, okay? Like, <laughs> so maybe that's where they're wearing it—all their looted clothes that they've been stole, <laughs> wearing it at the down um, grocery store. Oh. oh man, I forgot all about that. But you're right. Yeah, that's they look. Philly is Philly is uh, relentless. They got this um this this page on Instagram that just talks about like local Philly stuff that be going on, and somebody apparently with some dude on there who. He had the sensor still stuck on one of his shirts. Dumbass. Why did he look at a magnet? He, he went to, I guess he was trying, he was catching a train somewhere, and they grind you up in two seconds here in Philly. Like, they will grind you up. Like Oh, wow. And so the dude was recording him, and he pulled his shirt. He was like, where you going? Why you still this shirt? And and the, and the dude was like, I ain't still it. What you talking about? He like, and he grabbed the sensor, and it was crazy that he grabbed that man's sensor like that. <laughs> I was like, wow. Philly people are so, dis- they're so disrespectful
0: nah I get it it's all good I mean shit they tore Georgetown up like three straight nights uh, when was this back in June I want to say or May yeah like I get it everybody was tearing up all the I guess I'll say wealthier areas or whatever which yeah, I understandably mean, so
1: yeah like I'm like what's I forget the guy who was on he was on I don't I think it was Fox he was on and he was like a Black Lives Matter uh, activist. I feel so bad. I can't remember his name, but it's, he it's all good. They tried to trap him into saying, like, you know, he was he was like he was inciting violence by telling everybody they should go out there and like and mess stuff up. Mm-hmm. And he was like, you know what? I neither he said I neither condone nor condemn rioting, and that was all he said. And I'm like, that's how I feel.
0: Yeah, same here.
1: That's how I feel.
0: That's how I, I feel too,
1: man. Pop off! You gotta you gotta do something or they are not gonna listen to you. And I don't care about these brands who don't care about us. So it's like, I mean, they're not losing. Listen, they got insurance on all that stuff anyway. So mm-hmm. nobody cares about life. That's the issue. That's why people are upset. And y'all want to talk about burning stores down. You're wasting time. Like,
0: it's not Wait, a... fade it again.
1: Oh, I said, um, they want to talk about, they want to talk about burning stores down and stuff. And we talk, we talk about saving lives. Like, you know, and it's just, it's just, it's a joke for real, for real.
0: Nah, it is young like it's like it's gotten to a point where, right now where it's like if you don't see the, see the real issue you're just being oblivious
1: and they ignorant do, though I believe they hundred percent see it and they just don't care, so that's why i don't really I don't really put you know energy and time you know into trying to try to convince people. I got a lot of friends who are activists and they're doing work, and that's great, and I support them in any way I can, mm-hmm. but I don't have any energy or time or even space for any white person or any person who's any person who isn't black um, to sit here and sit and say, Hey, you know, can you, can you now, can you tell me what I can do to be better at, at being an ally? And like, I don't have the capacity to do that. Go, go online. Yeah. Go watch videos, go research. We had to learn everything about white culture. Like, <laughs> go. We learn did. So like, I don't have time to teach you anymore. The time for education it's not over. You should, we should always be learning. But at the same time, the time for overextending and exhausting ourselves as black people should be over.
0: I agree. Yeah. Wholeheartedly. So, speaking of that, this is probably one of the last questions I wanted to ask you because I think this is actually a perfect segue. So, mm-hmm. you saw, uh, the guy, Chris Cooper, who got the uh, false police report-, report on him that was a bird watcher in New he- York? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I, the thing that really blew me with this whole situation, because I'm not too invested in it, honestly, but, like, the guy that to press charges on the woman... So now I'm like, cause like, it said that he didn't want to cooperate with the investigation. So my question is, like, what was the whole purpose of this? Like, it's kind of like people are going to back. Granted, you don't have to do what people tell you to do, but it's like, son, this woman could have got you killed. And now all of a sudden, you don't want to press charges, but you wanted to complain about it. So it's kind of like, how the hell going forward should we even navigate this shit?
1: Yeah. Um, you. I mean, I think it's very important that while, while we do this... Uh, our work to kind of, you know, dismantle uh systemic racism and oppression all that stuff. Uh, mm-hmm. we have to understand that not everybody's on the same page, especially black people. And that's not For meant I don't say that meant to be divisive. I meant I'm saying it uh because it's a fact, you know. It's, yeah. it's just like everybody's on in a different space. That's how you have some of these black people who, you know, they we say they cooning out cuz they out here supporting Trump and stuff cuz they they're black but they're not in the same space as us. Right? Skin folk and folk, and i'm not saying that that guy isn't folk. i'm saying man a lot of people not really ready for change you know like why else would you renege on something like that like he said i remember i think i seen him uh he, he made a statement saying like she already lost her job and this and that like i didn't want to ruin her life any further it's like so then why did you record her thank you
0: my goodness.
1: Something, so it's like it could be that he just like, you know, folded, or it could be that maybe somebody threatened him or something, I don't know. That's
0: real too. That so, does I, to territory. I would,
1: I would hopefully, you know, I would lean more towards the he got threatened thing, but I also have to face the fact that like, yo, some people aren't really just bullshitters, like and that's just it. It's not really deeper than that. They don't care for real, they just kind of in it for the trend, and then they when they realize oh, this is real life, then they kind of like fold, you know.
0: Yeah, you're right. I I learned that too as I've gotten older as well, like, because with me, I'm a pretty stern, straightforward person, but not everybody's stern and straightforward, which is irritating to me, but I mean, whatever, that's my problem. But like, I guess some people just, when it comes to having a conflict, they try to steer away from the conflict instead of running towards the conflict to resolve it, you know? And it's like, yeah, it's like, man, I'm solution-based, dog, like, by any means, however I can get this shit resolved, I'm going to do it, but When it comes to threatening somebody's life, man, I feel like, at least for me, I can't be passive with that, but... No. I mean,
1: shouldn't be, but like I said, this is why, I mean, I will, I'll take this time to say this, Mm -hmm. like, yeah, I'm one of those people where I've, I've found out about, like, the, 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 just how this country is just rooted in just evil and racism a long time ago. Like, you know, we we learned that in school. We learned that not even necessarily grade school, but like college, whatever. Yeah. And We learned that on our own. So it's not the first time I, you know, I've heard about just the underground, even the dark world of this this country, the stuff that they be doing underground, whether yeah. it's the pedophilia from that to the, the organ harvesting. It's a lot of crazy stuff out there. And I remember when I first found out about all that stuff, um, how like heavy it was on me. And I was just ready to go online and talk about it. Let's do something. And I realized I'm out here putting all this energy out there. And people aren't ready for that. At the time, they weren't ready for it. People will call you conspiracy theorists. They'll call you this. They'll say, you being negative. Like, you know, we just got to, like, live together. All this other stuff they were saying. And, like, it, it hit me. I was like, look, man, not everybody's going to be ready to, 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 for the revolution. It's just yeah. not going to be. That's just a fact. That's why Harriet Tubman used to tote. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because, look, I'm ready for change. You're not. And anybody who gets in my way is getting blasted, period. And, like, I feel like that's an extreme because she was in an extreme situation. I don't think we're quite there yet. But I do believe that we have to acknowledge the fact that not everybody's going to be ready. You know? So, if you're planning, organizers continue to plan. But keep that keep it tight until you know that you have a, a solid situation, you know, because... You know if you if you mess around and start putting your things out there too soon you know you'll have a lot of people who will, who will fold on you like that guy i feel like he it's the same when that guy hugged the They he hugged the um remember that dude um the white lady shot the she shot the black guy in his apartment yeah her the brother hugged her in court like what yeah same same thing
0: i agree that and-
1: I was raised Christian, too. So, like, it's not even like, oh, God, turn the other cheek. You got to understand, man, evil is evil. You can forgive someone without uh, doing a public display of, like, bullshit. Like, that was bullshit.
0: I agree with you wholeheartedly, on
1: Yes. Like, I mean, but if he, if that's what he needed, I guess, play devil's advocate. If that's what he needed in that moment to heal, sure. But I think that was just super toxic. You know, it was unfair. It She was, she was victimized, you know. And that's what happened to this, this white lady, too, this Amy Cooper lady. Even though she got things taken away from her, she still got to chill. If this yeah. was a black person crying wolf, jail.
0: Oh, no question.
1: Maybe shot, you know, maybe killed. So it's just kind of like, I don't really have any, I don't empathize with Amy Cooper.
0: Um, Not me either, young. I just don't like how, I think the thing that really sets me up with a situation like this is that they make it seem like our lives are, are uh, recoupable in comparison to everybody else's life. Mm-hmm. that's the shit that blows me with it, because it's like, dog, we're human beings, just like everybody else, so you can't just sit here and, you know, like, try to game- play games with, with our lives like that, son. like, that shit just don't make sense to me, and then some people make it sound like, oh, it's not the big of a deal, I'm like, alright, so put yourself in that predicament thing, I'm like, how the hell would you thought, do?
1: They be knowing, I they spe- okay, let me tell you something, yeah, I had a number of white women call me, and like, tell me they knew the whole time, Hmm. you feel me it's like yeah. they know bro like it's not like a shocking oh, we just found out niggas was black like no y'all <laughs> like the whole time that this was all happening and y'all just turned the other cheek because you didn't care like it wasn't affecting you directly yeah it was cool when it's time to hang out and you want to get lit and you want to hang out with black people you want to you know steal our fashion our culture our hair our music it's cool then but the minute we really need help it's kind of like it's quiet you know, so it was just interesting. I sat back. I knew the calls were going to come in as I started getting texts DMs, and this is not to shame people who truly want to turn, you know, become an ally. It's more so to say, come on, bro, you need to acknowledge that you were full of shit first, right? Because you've been new, like, and they said it. I had, I'm telling you, I had one, one, one person specifically was like, yeah, she knew, and she just didn't know what to do. She was like, yeah, there was times where I got, you know, jobs and this and. I could have helped people who look like, you know, you. I could help my friends, but I just didn't do anything because I just, I don't know. Or it's times when I heard racist things in meetings and I just didn't say anything. And now I just feel so shitty. And I'm like, oh, so you feel guilty. So you're calling me because, because
0: what? You want to sway your guilt?
1: It's that. I feel like it's, you know, like I said, it depends on who it is. Some people call, they were super genuine. Others, they just wanted to, they wanted me to make them feel better about being... <laughs> 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 like <laughs> that's what they wanted to do but some people were genuine others not so much
0: yeah nah I get it I mean you know what I'll, I'll say this for the my white friends that I do have they they're aware you know at least they showed me that they're aware of shit you know they don't act oblivious to stuff but you know it's just I don't know man it's kind of disheartening to see but I mean that's the reality that we live in dog so just adjust with that and I just say keep it pushing <laughs>
1: Yeah. That's all we can really do. That's pretty much it.
0: Yeah. So as we wind this episode
1: down, is there anything else you want to rap about before we get out of here? Mm-hmm. Love one black woman today, tomorrow, yesterday, in the future. It's serious. Love one black woman. I'm not saying this um, with some divisive, hidden feminist agenda. It's a divide black people and destroy the black man. I'm not saying that. I'm saying it because black women really need to be seen and heard at all times, but especially right now. And, you know, this is not me asking for validation. We are valid because we are human, but it's really important that as black men, specifically who I'm talking to, I'm talking to black men, not because I'm blaming black men, but it's because you guys are our brothers and Mm -hmm. we really, really really need you guys um, to, to stick by our side. When we, when we come forward with these stories about, you know sexual abuse or rape or assault of any kind harassment of any kind we come to you guys because we can't go to anybody else I mean we go to each other don't get me wrong black women we we hold each other up but um at the same time we we would be stronger together if you know more of you guys checked in you know so that's definitely what I want to I want to say all right <laughs> that that's that on that
0: Nah, that's real though. I agree with you. That's why I like, I like to use this platform to get as many black women as possible to write about like their perspective on things. So, it's definitely and, appreciated. And
1: I've always appreciated you because I swear, you are consistent. You've always been the most caring person. Like, and I might joke a lot on Twitter with, nicks ain't shit, but I'm joking. <laughs> I have a lot of great black men in my life who have been super supportive, to me and you are all you are one of them. Like since day one, you've always been like that. Like For sure. before I really was like heavy on like you know my art career and stuff, you would always encourage me and you would always say, you know, you can do it. And I you would repost my stuff. And I'm like, see, this is why I can't say all niggas ain't shit. <laughs> 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 I, I can only say some.
0: <laughs> like, no, nah, that's real though. <laughs> Cause yeah. you know, yeah, because one thing I'll definitely say before we get out of here, one thing you said to me when we were like Shit, I think I was like 17 at the time, 18. It was like right after my mother had passed, and you told me the story about the book of Job. Oh.
1: Like, that story yeah.
0: stuck with me for the rest of my life, and I always yeah. think about that.
1: Wow. Yeah. Oh, that could be.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for sure. This is like way back in the Facebook days. Like, for sure, you ever heard the book of Job? I'm like, nah. And then you broke it down to me, and I'm like, damn, wow, that's real. And ever How'd since then, I was like, yeah.
1: how did it turn out for you?
0: Oh, it turned out great. I mean, it helped me push forward because, like, Man, that happened right before me going off to school and everything into yeah. like a whole different city. Like it was just, it was reassurance for me because it felt like, you know, everybody gives you extended gratitude when you go through dark times and shit like that. But I felt like that, and then with you and everybody else, just like kept me motivated to keep pushing. Like that's why I was like, yeah, this is this is the homie. Even prior to that happening, of course, but still, like that mm-hmm. really stuck out to me.
1: I'm so happy that you just like to see how your life and career has blossomed, and it's just. You're such a dope person. So it's great to see you have this platform to be able to spread those those like super chill dope vibes <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> you're you're really awesome.
0: No, nah, I appreciate that. You you are too Keturah. Appreciate you. you, young. So uh it's all our time to next time. Oh, I'm gonna put your uh links and everything in the description so people can rap to you if they wanna collaborate and all that stuff. So
1: Okay.
0: Yes. Yeah.
1: I'm at um Yes Katora on Instagram, on Twitter. I'm going to keep my Twitter low-key. You can put my Twitter okay. here, but mm-hmm. my Twitter, I'm telling y'all, I act a fool on Twitter, y'all. You can't <laughs> quit. like, I've always decided that if I ever become... I mean, I'm not not reaching to become no famous person or anything like that. Y'all go search my tweets. Y'all going to be mad. I don't know. I'm, all, <laughs> I'm not apologizing either. I'm not doing that. But you could definitely follow me at YesKatora on Instagram. That's my personal Instagram. And my art page is Work. So... Do that. that. You want a you piece, you want a commission, DM YesCouture work, and I will be more than happy to respond and work with you.
0: Bet yeah. that thing. So y'all already know y'all can find me at temporarily. I'm off Instagram because of some Bama shit, but I'll be back in 30 days.
1: <laughs> Uh-oh, you got banned.
0: Man, I did a lot of unfollowing because it's something I'm looking at. I'm like, I'm not probably going to meet her anyway, so I'm going to follow this. So, yeah. But anyways, <laughs> y'all can find me on Twitter at shadow solo. Um, the podcast is Thoughts Pending with no G on Twitter and Thoughts Pending Pie on Instagram. Until my personal Instagram with Shah Solo comes back. Who knows? When I put this episode out, maybe it'll come back. Maybe. So Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. Bring so your
1: time back to Instagram, y'all.
0: Please. So y'all already know, Uh, share the podcast to the front of two. Write, subscribe. And that's all our time. Until the next time. And we are Peace. out. Peace. <laughs> Peace.